So, uh, welcome to the Car Dealer Pro podcast. Today, we've got Rory from RS Car Sales, who uh, I feel like I've known him for a lifetime, to be honest, even though I've ne- never met him in, in person, uh, but on Dealer Forum and, and the old Auto Trader Forum as well, which was going back like six years ago. I remember chitty-chatting with you, and uh, yeah, we've got you on the the Car Dealer Pro podcast today, so yeah, I'm over the moon. You've you've joined us. Thanks for coming, mate. So uh, yeah, how you doing, mate? You okay? I'm very well. Yeah, I'm good. We've been nice and busy at the moment. Uh, nice to get nice to get on the podcast. I've listened to a few of them so far. Oh, brilliant! Brilliant. So for people like listening out there, could you just like sum us up, sum your business up in in, in one minute? Uh, yeah, let's give it a go. So we're RS Car Sales, and we're based in Cheshire. Um, we've been going for just about maybe just over seven years now, nearly eight years. Um, we hold about fifty-five to sixty cars in stock. Um, we would sell, I don't know, probably anything, mainly German, so Merc, Audi, BMW, a yeah. lot of sporty stuff, fast fours, performance cars. Um, quite a big sort of digital dealer. We're, we're not the biggest fanciest premises, but we've got quite a good online footprint. Um, Loads of deliveries, loads of nice cars. Probably doing five, six hundred cars a year. Brilliant. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, that's great. Five, six hundred cars a year. God, that's brilliant. And um, and, and how did you get in the motor trade then? Have you always been in it since you like left school and whatnot? I've, I've never worked for anyone else in the motor trade. I've never I've never done any motor trade jobs. I've never. You know, a lot of people seem to have been a salesman at a, a dealership or something like that. I've never done that before. Um, I started out, I had um, a couple of hand car wash businesses uh, when I was about, I don't know, about 20, 21 years old. Um, and I used to buy and sell the odd car when people were people were getting their car valeted, um, maybe, you know, with a view to sell it or whatever. Yeah. I think I remember the first one I ever bought, someone said, oh, going to just get this cleaned up I'm going to take it to We Buy Any Car later on and I'd always heard how much We Buy Any Car low-balled people yeah. so how much are they giving you and um, I don't know, they, they said I don't know it was 3,300 3, quid and uh, oh, where have you got to go for that and it was about half an hour away I said well, I'll give you that for it um, gave them the money and um, that was one of my first cars that I ever sold and kind of just started to do the odd one or two here and there yeah. um, and then and then eventually decided to start taking it a bit more seriously. Um, yeah, and then sort of knuckle down at it and just, just get on with it, really. But, and, and how old were you when you started, like, properly getting into it then, um, would you so say? I probably did. So I've probably done the car wash stuff for a few years. I'll probably say I took things more seriously. I'm 33 now. Yeah, probably when I was about 25 I got started on it. Right, yeah. right. And, and from the, the car wash business, did, did that give you a good a good start um like with, with your money did you have a, a bit of money behind you to get started um, or, or was start, it yeah i didn't start off with a big with a big pot um but i certainly i had, I had two sites one one did really well it was a good busy place but then a couple of sort of like cheaper eastern european places kind of popped up in the town that were just doing a you know they were doing a good job they had more staff than we could have yeah. and they were, they were probably, doing, probably doing a better job in fairness um it was difficult to run the business kind of properly um so yeah i had a little bit of, of, of money put away enough to buy a few well a few a few courses yeah. <laughs> back, yeah. back then when it was starting um so when i first started out i kind of did just first cars so i think I'm, i maybe had four or five yeah 
courses. There were always the 1.2 SXI model or an SXI plus if we were doing doing well. Um, yeah. Usually black, black oh, silver you, or blue. You've, you've just took the words out of my mouth. If I bought a black Corsa, it used to fly out. Didn't it, mate? And, and yeah. the thing is, if you had a black, if you had a black Corsa SXI, the funny thing is, I remember every now and again I'd try and differentiate. I'd buy a Corsa. A course of life or a course of breeze or something else, and it was <laughs> yeah. still black. And I thought, well, it's a bit cheaper, it'll still sell. Silence, no phone call, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be the 1.2 SXI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember it, buying it, a, a 1.4 SXI, um, and I couldn't shift it for love nor money because I think the insurance was just going to kill all the first time drivers <laughs> on that extra 200cc. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It's so true, that, isn't it? It's just, it had to be black. And, 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 and they always used to leak in the footwell and whatnot. And <laughs> well, yeah, uh, roughly time in chains, leaks in footwells. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, God, yeah, they had a certain, there was always a smell. They always had a certain yeah, smell to them. Yeah. I, I can't describe it, but there was a coarse yeah. scent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. But, like I say, a great way to start out, isn't it? To, to, to learn your trade, isn't it? Selling them sort of cars. I think so. We kind of, or when I when I was doing it, I kind of I used to advertise. I used to buy them privately, so I would. You, you kind of. I've not got any mechanical background, so I didn't know. I didn't want to start going and buying sporty performance cars because I, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. And with these, yeah. I thought, you know, worst case, you buy an engine for five hundred quid. Um, it was never gonna. It was never gonna cripple me financially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I used to learn to look out for common things, and um, a lot of the time I would buy the ones that had slightly mod- slightly modified parts on, so like, like aftermarket wheels, yeah. suspension springs, bits and bobs like that. And I'd take them off and I'd return them to standard. I'd sell the other parts and make some money that way, but get a back swap. So if someone was buying the aftermarket alloys, they might give me two or three hundred quid for them, ah, but they'd also right. give me their set of wheels. Um, and I could have, I think I used to advertise, so I'd buy privately on Gumtree from like really badly written adverts and stuff. Yeah. And I used to travel up, up further north than where we're located. I used to go up to Scotland a lot where back then I think there was more of a, I don't think it happens as much now, but cars just seem to be the same price all over. But it was a bit more, re- yeah. regionally it did, did make a difference. I never really was able to buy down south. They were always too expensive, but up yeah. north they were cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And so we used to get them from Gumtree, sort of like private, private sales. And then bring them back and valet them. I had the car wash, I had stuff there, so did, you know, doing a full valet, making the cars really nice and clean was very easy for us. Um, and, and then sort of, yeah, just sell them on the same platform for, for a bit more money really nice and quickly. Yeah, yeah. And you, you wouldn't put them on auto trader then? you just stick the gum tree? <laughs> I think I used to pay for the on-spot advert on auto trader, but if I remember right, I was a bit crafty with it and I just used to advertise a black Corsa. And so I could maybe have a three-week, I think it was a three-week spot at the time, so I'd have a black course that advertised yeah. and then I'd buy another one so I'd just be using the same pictures of like you know one black course and then changing <laughs> yeah. the interior picture when I took the mileage of it so I could have anything from a 40,000 mile to a 60,000 mile display and I'd just change that yeah. whilst we were getting the car ready which which kind of helps gain a bit of momentum quite quickly I guess brilliant brilliant and and at what point did you like see yourself thinking oh do you know what I can, I can make this into a business um no, that's a good question um do you know, even even now, I, I guess I'm more established, but I always, I, I kind of, sometimes it does take a bit, uh, even now I see, even now I still see myself as quite a small 
newcomer business and sometimes you take a step back and think how far we've come yeah, and how yeah. much we've achieved to get where we are now and, and I kind of think well actually you don't need to feel feel like that but I don't yeah. I, even now I don't always see myself as a you know proper business that's long established or anything like that I don't I don't yeah. feel that way now yeah yeah but but you, you I think it's something that um it just gradually comes it's like compound interest isn't it you just sort of like chip away and and um I remember in the beginning thinking, I remember going on holiday, I've been doing it about a year, and I got into a, it was like a, a two-year-old fiesta, and I just remember thinking at myself, well, I hope I can sell something like this in a few years' time. <laughs> do, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I was, do, mate, I do know what you I mean, because I think every, everyone starts out on different on different paths in the motor trade and I think there's some people that inherit a business or you know grow up in the family business there's some people that are gifted yeah. inheritances or lump sums of money and, and start it from you know they'll start off with a they'll start off with a big premises in a nice office and yeah. you know 20 30 cars in stock there's nothing wrong with that you know, there's there's, a, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that we're all, we're all different but my, my business did start from you know it, it started off with one car and then it went yeah. to two and then yeah. it went to three yeah. and and there was a lot of long, you know, a lot of long days involved, and, and a lot of hours have gone into the business that I wouldn't see. And people kind of probably see it now and think, "Oh, they've got loads of fancy cars, and yeah. you know, look at all that stuff." But there was a, you know, there was a hell of a lot of dark days in the early yeah. days getting to that, getting to that point. Yeah, yeah, and it's what makes you more resilient, doesn't it? When when you've started off from from like the bottom, and then I think so. And then, and then when you do get, makes you more resilient, more. Um, it just prepares you for everything, doesn't it? Like, I think if you just got everything on a plate straight away, you wouldn't appreciate it as much, would you, as well? I don't think so, yeah. I think I think it'd be... I mean, we've cut our teeth on... I think one of the things... You probably maybe can relate to this as well. Um, so when we started out, I remember kind of... Kind of... Um, you know, when you write a business plan for the bank, yeah. you think you, you might be able to get a little bank loan for about 10 grand or over overdraft or something like that, which will then help grow the business. Yeah. And I was dealing with cars that were like a grand, 1,500 quid back then. Yeah. Um, so I thought, if I, can get another, if I can get another eight to 10 units in stock, I'm, I'm really building yeah. up here. Yeah. Um, and I remember my business plan was all geared around helping people get their first car and, and doing starter cars and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I learned to prep cars. And I learned how picky buyers could be. And I think first-time buyers have got this ideal image in their head that they're going to go and get this nice new car and it's yeah it's second hand but it's new to them and it's spotless inside and there's not a mark on the alloys and there's no stone chips on it and stuff so yeah. I, I learned about you know we used to refurb every set of alloys on courses even back then on cheap and cheerful cars but people couldn't come out and then pick fault at it they yeah. couldn't chip us on price they couldn't yeah. move on anything because yeah. they were kind of giving them nothing to yeah. you know, nothing to complain about so to speak yeah yeah and what did that do with your margins were you, were you still picking up good margins even after doing all that prep? I think we thought they were good at the time they were probably rubbish um, <laughs> I don't know looking, you know looking back to looking at what we can do now out of a car to what we were doing back then um, yeah. things have things have probably changed a lot um, yeah. but yeah. I think we didn't I've never had loads of comeback, and, and, and as long as sort of like my Google profile's been active and stuff like that, I've always generated good feedback and had some you know good reviews and stuff. Yeah. So I've, I, I think I've played the long game, and I've never tried to shortcut it. I've never tried to cheat anyone. Um, I've kind of always, 
you've got to be firm but fair in the merch trade. But I've always, if there's a genuine grievance or there's a genuine problem with a car we've sold, we've always looked to put it right from yeah. sort of, you know, from the early days up until now. And I think that's definitely allowed us to grow and accelerate the growth quite quickly just by kind of, yeah. it doesn't always feel like it at the time when you're just getting hammered by things. But yeah. Um, yeah. Doing the right thing and playing the long games kind of paid off. Yeah, I think. I, I think yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. Like just doing the right thing, isn't it? Whenever a warranty claim comes in, like your your instant reaction is to be like, "Well, there's nothing wrong with that car when it went out." <laughs> <laughs> you know, must be the way you've you've drove it or something like that. But then have a little bit of time to yourself, and then come back and then. Yeah, we always like get the car back and and then just look at it from customer's point of view, and and, and normally the customers that are a nightmare. Well, you, you sort of learn how to deal with them as well, don't you? You've got to you've got to have a few different faces, haven't you, and a few different ways of dealing with different types of people in this job. Yeah, because yeah. you just never know quite who's going to um, yeah. who's going to come through the door. It's, so it's, 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 it's a psychological job, isn't it, as well? Yeah. <laughs> so, so when when you were like starting out, and in the beginning, was there any like big mistakes that you made? What you look back at and you think, oh my god, what did I do there? Um, yeah, I've probably chosen to forget about a few of them. I think I think there was probably two or three things which I used to do wrong. Um, focusing on selling only small cars, it took a long time to realise that you never get part exchanges. Yeah. Um, yeah. Buyers are very picky. As, as I moved from them a couple of years later to start doing like um, Vectors, Mondeos, Galaxies, and things like that, I realised that people weren't bothered about the odd little mark because they had life experience and they knew that it was a second-hand car. They were less fussy, but they appreciated a car that was yeah. safe and well mechanically prepared. That, that was important. Yeah. Um, so I think that if I'd have known earlier, not just to focus on the small cars, I think that would have been. If I'd have learned that quicker, I'd have probably progressed quicker. Um, but I wouldn't change it. Um, I think that some of the other mistakes I've made, which probably a few other dealers can relate to as well, is um, when when you had a complaint or you had an issue, sometimes probably took it a little bit personally and was a little bit quick to respond to it, which yeah. probably, you know, rather than diffuse the situation, there was probably a few times where I've, I've, I've gone in like a bull in a china shop and, yeah. and then made things worse. Um, yeah in terms of, you know, the experience with that customer um, and kind of, you know, things have probably developed into an argument with a customer that maybe didn't need to. And I think that as I've kind of, as I've got older, I've learned to not take things personally and, and try and, you know, if someone sends an email now, I don't respond, you know, when someone sends an email yeah. and it's a complaint, you think there's nothing wrong with that car what are they on about, what's wrong with this person sort of thing. Now I try and give it, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours before I respond so I don't initially, you know, say something which can yeah. be misconstrued or taken out of turn and sort yeah. of develop into an argument. We just try and find a way forward from things. Yeah, definitely. And it takes a long time to uh, get used to that, isn't it? Because you just want to, you just react on your emotions in the beginning, I think. It's it, it really, and the, the other problem is, well, I find, found was, Selling the cheaper cars in the beginning, you do get a lot more. Like your customers are a little bit more demanding, aren't they? I think so. I think so. And I think that as as we've got bigger and and like the profile of the business is better, the reviews are better. They don't instantly come on wanting a fight because they know that. Well, his reviews say he'll fix it. I'm not worried. But early on, 
we you know we're trading from a little you know a little shed we, we had a an office which didn't even have a you know the office had one upvc door it was open into a metal exposed car car valet in shed it was a desk that um you know two of us shared the desk when we were dealing with people yeah. and um yeah it was uh Probably not not the most confidence inspiring setups. I think we kind of used to be <laughs> yeah. paperwork out of the you know out the, the boot of a car almost. Yeah, and it was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was real bare bones, real real basic stuff. So they yeah. were probably on you know whether whether it's five hundred quid a grand or, or twenty thirty grand these days. It's whatever someone's buying on buying a car, spending on a car is a lot of money to them. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. I remember when I, the first pitch I had. The toilet we had. It was the same sort of thing, UPVZ. But have you ever seen that film, Train Spotting? The toilet was like that. God's honest truth. And people would come in like, can we use your toilet? I'm so, oh, sorry, you, you can't use it. But we haven't got one. But then sometimes if people were like so desperate, I'd go, look, it, it really isn't very nice. And this one time this bloke went in and he and he come back, he went, I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go on it. <laughs> it was that bad. A valet's toilet, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can relate, David. Yeah, yeah. So, so look, you know, looking back, that's but that's what you've got to do, haven't you? Like, like you say, to appreciate where you are now. Without, I wasn't bothered about coming in and getting the fanciest premises, and I wasn't bothered about having um, the fancy office chairs and desk and stuff like that. All yeah. I wanted to do, all I ever wanted to do was kind of grow from having two cars, three cars, four cars. I just yeah. wanted to have, you know, yeah. I wanted to have six cars. I wanted to have 10 cars. I've always wanted yeah. to hold back on spending on un- unnecessary yeah. shit, really. It's just like to impress. It, it, it's sort of like, for, for some people, it's like, for like their ego, isn't it? Oh, look at this lovely showroom and whatnot. But, um, at the, at the moment, I'm the same. I'm like, so we've took on this premise next to us. I think, do you know what? I just want to stick cars in there. I don't want to tart it all up and, and waste loads of money because everything's done with good pictures, good online presence. and But we've got a nice office that people can come into. But you don't need all them things, do you? You don't need all that. In this day and age of the motor trade, I remember I'm, I'm still, so the site that we're on, I'm now on three, yeah, I've got three units on the same industrial park. I started off with, with just one unit on here, and they're all kind of spread out. I've got like a big storage yard and, and compound, and it kind of works. It, it, it's messy, but it's organized. It's yeah. kind of messy uh, on the face of it, but it's organized, and, and, and we, we know how it works kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that I always used to think, you know, this is a, a scruffy industrial park that's, you know, got potholes on it and stuff. And I thought, I'll never sell a five grand car from here. And then I thought, I'll never sell a 10 grand car from here. Yeah. I'll never sell a 20. You know, we, we've sold 50 grand cars from from this same site. And I think that if you if you believe you can do it and you come across as confident to a customer and that we do this every day and we yeah. know what we're doing, yeah. they, you know, it, you can, you can, you can, you can do a lot. And we've got, now we've got like a, it's a small a small office I make sure it's spotlessly clean you know every day um, yeah. that was, I suppose it was clean before corona times but it's even cleaner now <laughs> yeah. um, disinfected and stuff but it's um, I've always made sure we had a nice clean nice clean premises I always made sure that there was you know tea or coffee and, and I had a you know cold drinks fridge with a selection of you know nice drinks and stuff and yeah. I think that you know, nice, friendly, hi, how are you, and, and, and a handshake when we were allowed to do that sort of thing, and a friendly greeting, and, and come across knowledgeable and informative, and, and, and like yeah. you actually give a, you yeah. know, like you actually care about what you're doing and what you're selling, goes goes a lot further than 
someone that's completely disinterested wearing a shiny suit, pointy shoes in a you know in a multi million pound yeah, yeah. palace. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what customers really like. They like dealing with independent psychos because they're talking to the owner aren't they they're talking yeah, to the, the, yeah. the boss sort of thing and, and people really like that and they feel like they're going to get looked after don't they they don't feel like they're just, so. a, yeah. just just a number but when so, so like when you were getting bigger and whatnot did did you did you use like a stocking loan or anything like that to help you grow? yeah um so i did it kind of self-funded for the first probably two years after a year I knew it was getting more serious and I was, I mean, I was committed from, from day one. We started to see a bit of money from it and, you know, you've you've gone from two, three cars, you've got four cars, your courses are suddenly going from, you know, like 2002s to 55 plates as it was back then and things were getting better. Um, I think at that point I tried to get a couple of, um, I think I got a couple of like probably 0% credit cards because it was a cheap way to borrow some money and use them at, at auction. I think, um, so yeah, back back then actually, I only ever bought privately for probably the first year. I just used to travel all over buying privately before I dipped my toe into auctions. Um, I've never, you know, never never done car auctions before. Um, I got a couple of not percent credit cards, and after probably after after year two, maybe even year three. I heard about stock funding and, and kind of explored that. That's probably when Next Gear were anyone that used to go to Mannheim auctions or uh, SMA auctions as they were back then would know the next gear reps were all over them and yeah. I think they signed us up with maybe a 30 grand a 35 grand account it was probably back then um, and I used it and, and, I, and I took the time to understand the charges and understand the penalties and yeah. I, I've, I've always bought and sold quickly I've always made margin I've always been quite efficient in terms of I get the cars back and I sell them quickly so for me it worked it, it doesn't yeah. work for everyone and I wouldn't recommend it or, or not recommend it I'd just say if it's something you're considering make sure that you're aware of the pros and cons and make sure it'll fit your business model yeah I think th- th- with, with next gear you've you've definitely got to be turning it round quickly you, if you're not turning yeah. it round it can yeah. it can just start totting up can't it, it yeah, but I think there's a lot of people, you know, you go on the car forums and their Facebook pages and stuff like that, which are a great resource and a great use of time. But, you know, you've got someone saying, no, next gear we're rubbish, next gear this, next gear that. If, look, they don't dip into your account. You know where you stand. You know where your payments are coming from. If you can't manage your funds, you know, if, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's next gear that gives that person 30 grand or it's the bank or it's a friend or it's a loan shark, that yeah. person probably wouldn't have paid it back. And I think if you're bad with money, yeah. If you can't manage, you know, if you can't manage yeah. a five grand pot, or you can't manage a ten grand pot, you're not yeah. going to manage a fifty grand pot or a hundred grand pot, are you? It's, yeah. Yeah. it's either in your, it's up to you to be disciplined. In this job, there's there's so many bills you get. You've got your paint bill, your alloy bill, your your parts bills, your MOT bill, and everything. And if you're yeah. not disciplined and you're not organised, you don't keep an eye on it. You'll very very quickly uh, spiral out of control. Yeah. Only takes a quiet day or two, doesn't it? Or a quiet week yeah. or two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think with anything like that, you've got to like, you've got to find your niche, haven't you? You've got because if you get all that money just given to you, you can be like a kid in a sweet shop and you just buy yeah. everything. But if you've got a plan set out, it can it can really work for you. Um, with me, I thought I've got to turn them over at least every like sixty days, and and it was good it was good but then once the close brothers uh stock funding thing came out that was like breath of fresh air that because it was it was i think it was like half the price something like that yeah 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 but i'm i'm really glad that i done next gear because it got me over that mental block of 
well, I'm just using my own money. I'm going to build all this up myself. And it was, you know, it, it, it does take a lot longer, doesn't it? If you're trying it's to do it yourself. It's allowed you to grow quicker, hasn't it? And that's what it's yeah. there for. Um, yeah. There's obviously a price that comes with it. And if we, you know, if I had a big pot of money or someone had given us some money, maybe I wouldn't have, have looked to use it, but I've not got a yeah. silver spoon background and I've not got any wealthy investors that I could go to. Um, it was it was an option that was open to us that, that worked and has allowed us to grow. Yeah. Has allowed us to grow. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you say, I think it's a really good thing for people to use if they do it correctly. And... Um, like if I'd never been on the forums and that, I wouldn't have even thought of doing that. I would have been in that mindset of, you know, you don't get in debt, you don't do this. But yeah. the great yeah. thing about being in the motor trade is, um, you know, I've learned how to run a business and that, that, you know, there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. And the debt we're, de- we're taking on, somebody else is, is paying for that debt, the customers, aren't they? So... It's it it is it, it's good. I think it's really good. I think so. It's just um, you know, it's about being cautious with it and, and understanding. It, I think is the yeah. is the key. Yeah. But no, yeah. no big businesses are built on. Oh, very few big businesses are built on sort of natural and organic growth without any borrowings, without any debt. Yeah. And there comes a point where you know, as long as you can service that debt, and as long as you can afford it, and, and as long as you're still making money off it, then yeah. you're, you're moving forwards. It's it's a, it's a good no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. Same here. And and so so when you took that, so when you started and whatnot, did you always set goals for like each year? You're going to say, right, I'm going to sell hundred cars this year. Next year, one fifty. Would you always have a goal in mind? I think I think one of my early goals was to uh, move from pay as you go ads to getting a package. You know, you know, one of the seven, <laughs> yeah. seven cars was the minimum package with Auto Trader, and that was one of my early goals. I wanted to be a proper trader on Auto Trader because I think it gave you an extra. I think you could click visit website if I'm not mistaken. There was something it gave you where it made you stand out from. Yeah. It did yeah? They give you a web. They give you a website, and and at the side of the adverts, your logo would come up. But if you were private, yeah, yeah. it'd just say uh, it'd say trades, just trade seller, wouldn't it? If it was paid. You could see view other stock from dealer, and that's where yeah. you could tell it was a proper dealer, not a Mickey Mouse dealer, so to speak. And I think that I was just keen to get onto that package. But I remember getting auto trader to come out, um, and and I remember the rep came out to the office and. Uh, Gave us this pricing card, which was like, I think he showed it me two or three times. I, I could not for the life of me work out how the fuck it worked. It was like, <laughs> bam, bam, for me. It was like, you have three cars there and then you get three spot ones and you get a bargain and then you get this. Yeah. Do you want priority? And I was thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was thinking, this is, it was like probably about 800, 900 quid a month then. And I was thinking, that sounds like a fortune. Yeah. Obviously, it, it gave you... So if each car sold, you didn't need to pay again, did you, and add it? So you, you, as long as you kept your seven or eight car slots live and full, and yeah. you were selling them quickly, it worked. And yeah. it brought, you know, your cost per car came down a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. And just, just bloody hell, uploading them as a pay-as-you-go, <laughs> crying out loud, it took forever. It was yeah, like, just, just get me on that yeah, other package. Uh, what website, sorry? One of the Razor, uh, AutoTrader had some of it. I think oh. they're called Razor websites. Oh, it was kind of like AutoTrader's yeah, website it, back then. It was yeah. very, very simple, basic websites. Yeah, terrible. Looked like my little cousin Clip made on. it or something. Yeah, yeah they, they were just GCSA. awful. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> awful. I don't think they're that much better, to be honest. But 
Um, yeah, but I was the same. Yeah, I remember when uh, at Christmas they sent me some stickers to put in the window, like auto trade, <laughs> and I was like dead chuffed, <laughs> you know. Poor yeah, that, that, that was a goal, wasn't it? So yeah, that was a goal to get to that point, and it was a goal to get to a website. Yeah. I think it was a goal to sort of like increase the the level of stock as well. I've never really been too bothered about focusing on doing a hundred cars or two hundred cars in a year. I've I've, I've more I've more looked back and I've, I've always just tried to work hard and I've always tried to convert every sale I've always tried to make yeah. sure that the business is is running well um, and then I kind of look back on it you know every every so often and I think oh Jesus you know that was we did 30 yeah. cars last month and, and now we've done 35 and, yeah. and trying yeah. to get to a point where we just continued to to progress um, yeah. but my I think for the first two years of the business as well, I had the car wash and I didn't need any money from it, so I never took a penny. I never paid myself. Didn't pay. Didn't didn't pay myself. Yeah. I didn't pay myself a penny, and there's probably not many people who are in the position where I wasn't earning big money from it, but it was you know it, it, it was giving me a income, and I, so I didn't need the money from selling cars. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed working hard. I enjoyed having something to get myself sunk into it kept me kept me busy kept me out of mischief kept me working kept me you know working towards something and and i think that a goal when i eventually came to a point where the business was able to pay me a wage was was a really nice point as well yeah 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 definitely and did you have a goal of like employing people then i, th- I think do, do you think as well that that i think this will probably worked in your favor employing people at the car wash because you know, a lot of traders, uh, you know, the last half just working for myself and taking that one employee on was really tough psychologically. I thought, yeah, oh God. No, I, I think I think I can see I can see that point. I've seen it a few times. Um, I'm I'm well aware of my strengths and weaknesses, and you know, things I'm good at and things I'm not good at. But I've always thought so. So yeah, when I had the car wash, I had people there. So when it was quiet or it was a rainy day. The car wash would be dead, so they'd be valeting my cars. And instead of paying them for, you know, sat around playing on their phones or playing on a PlayStation yeah. in the office or whatever, they were they were still working. And, yeah. And so it was like I was getting my valets for free then, essentially. So something that would have cost someone in the public, you know, seventy five quid, a hundred quid, I wasn't paying anything for. Um, yeah. I had a trade policy from the car wash, so the car wash was paying my trade insurance, and it was probably a, I think it was like a Tradex or Tradewise policy or one of those sort of Mickey Mouse brokers. And yeah. I dread to think yeah. what would have happened if we ever had to make a claim. Um, <laughs> I really do dread to think what would have happened, but it was, uh, you know, it gave me a road risk policy, and I was able to, I was able to use that. Um, in terms of, yeah, having staff and, and being able to rely upon people to help, but I was I was always able to have people that could help run around and drop a car off for an MOT or something because I always thought, what's the if, if you know if, if my time can be spent making two hundred quid an hour or five hundred quid an hour or whatever by buying cars and making profit from them, yeah, that's that's a good use of my time. Is you know is me working on my own single handedly and going outside and valeting a car but missing that car at an auction because I was because I was you know steam cleaning the roof of a courser is that a good use of my time and yeah. when I could be paying someone else you know seven pound an hour or ten pound an hour to do that yeah. then yeah. then it, you know I've always kind of tried to see things logically from from that perspective yeah. if that makes sense yeah yeah oh god yeah massively massively because I'd be the same way I'd be cleaning cars myself and then I didn't have time to go to the auction 
and then I'd be kicking myself because I've missed out on X amount of cars. Yeah. And then yeah, it's just it's just basically it is. It's working out your time, isn't it? It's valuing your time. So yeah, no, that's that's true. Because I used to buy um, a lot of cars. I used to travel. I used to find that cars were cheaper. So we're, we're based in Cheshire, and I and I tried a couple of like the local auctions and things, and and I found um, so like BCA Bellevue's like twenty twenty five minutes away from yeah. me, which is a huge auction centre, as as most people will know. Yeah, I couldn't get near cars there. They were a fortune, absolute yeah. fortune. And I found that I used to travel up to Scotland, and um, I'd go to Central Auction at Glasgow. I'd yeah. go to. Um, it's called Mannheim Shots now, but it used to just be Shots, which was like an independent family-run auction. Yeah. Um, the fees were really low there, so like they were really, really cheap. And I used to go to SMA when it was a kid called yeah. Kinross, uh, SMA Kinross. So yeah. I think I'd probably go to Scotland two or three times a week and just buy up there. Um, and I'd always take someone with me um, to, to drive cars back, and we'd just get the cars, get them back. And I remember, like um, on a on a Wednesday night, I'd be at Kinross. I think the auction there used to start at five five pm. Um, that was probably four hours away from home, so we'd be there, you know, five, finish eight or nine, pull the cars out, fuel them up, tank it back down the road, probably get home for one or two in the morning. Um, <laughs> be in work for eight o'clock the next day, getting them advertised. It was. Uh, yeah, just no messing around, really. It is. It's a lot of people think, oh, it must be really easy just buying and selling cars. But this is what people don't see: is like the the travelling. The it, it's never on your doorstep, is it? It's always you have got to travel to get the good deals. Oh well, back in the day, you you did, didn't you? Yeah, I think some traders are kind of. There's, there's a couple of different types of trader. I think um, I think some people just sort of think, well. I'll go to my local, so, so BCA Manchester, they might just think, oh, I'll just go to BCA Manchester, I'll hang around. If something comes through and it looks without value, I'll buy it. Yeah. They're not picky with what they were buying, they were just buying what had a profit opportunity, which is which is smart. They've made successful businesses out of it. For me, I always liked to buy cars that I felt looked good value and had quite a good level of equipment on them um, because I didn't have like a roadside pitch, so I didn't get walk-ons. I had to have a car that was eye-catching enough for yeah. its initial picture to yeah. drag them in. So, up at Kinross, there used to be a lot of sports and performance cars up there, um, which were a little bit cheaper. The fees were a bit lower up there as well. So I was saving money, and it was still offsetting the cost of bringing them back and transporting them back and stuff like that. Um, there used to be a lot of cars would come down as we kind of, as the business grew and, and got into the nicer, sportier and prestige cars. Loads of cars used to come down from Aberdeen because um, yeah. it was really wealthy with all like oil money was yeah. good and stuff like that. So there yeah. used to be loads of high-end cars, nice, you know, sporty Audis and, and BMWs and stuff like that. Used to be able to get them at probably cheap. Well, uh, they were cheaper than I would have been able to get them for at, at Manchester or at Birmingham or whatever. Yeah. And um, get them back in and get them sold. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you just find your favourite place to buy from don't you and uh you get a feel for it like you're saying there but of, of what cars are coming through but you, you've hit the nail on the head there with like the local auctions uh you get so many traders that back i don't think as much now but they would rely on like passing trade and stuff like that and and, and they could ask but like people like me and you we are i don't know about you but you are I'm auto trader driven. I look at everything what's going on auto trader and how much it's going for. So when you go, like say to BCA Manchester, 
you just think, fucking heck, why are they paying this money for all yeah. these cars? But then that might go back yeah. to a pitch where this bloke's been there for like 40 years and he's got the same customers who come, you know, all the time. He might not even be advertising on AutoTrader. He might not even care yeah. what AutoTrader yeah. are telling people to pay for that car. He's not, yeah. he's not interested. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And you, can't, yeah. you can't compare to them, can you? That's yeah. the thing. Or it could be one of those places which is just doing them on high-rate finance. Or I think as we moved into doing more niche cars, so starting to buy cars with loads of options and loads of spec on, yeah. I noticed that we could um, charge, you know, charge good money for a good example, but someone couldn't find another car somewhere else to compare it to yeah, whereas exactly. when I had um, a Fiesta or um, a Corsa as we got into the as, as we were trying to get more money out of the cars we could only ever sell them on price because if you were you know, 40 quid out or 50 quid out 30 quid out from the next nearest one someone would go and buy that instead and 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 did you find as well that well do you find now that most of your customers like 80% of them are not local I, I think so yeah I think probably um I'd, yeah, I'd probably say 75, 80% of our customers yeah. come from outside of 40 mile radius. We, we do, um, so like current, current day, current times, we've, we've been doing free delivery on cars. It's factored in obviously to margin and there's the money in the cars to do it. Yeah. We do free, we are, we've advertised free next day nationwide delivery for about 18 months now. Right. We do so many cars to London, um, you know, prestige, sporty cars, yeah. German cars. Yeah. Um, we, we just do loads to, which is you know two three well, probably three hours away from us, uh, three and a half hours away. But we do we do absolutely heaps into London. That's brilliant. That that's what I like. Them sales that I love is when people ring up and they say, "I've seen the car on Auto Trader. It looks beautiful. Can I put a deposit down?" And it's like, "Yes, you've done your job. Haven't yes, you? yeah. you've done your job. You've yeah. had your advert. They've read your advert. They've watched your video. They've looked yeah. at your pictures. They've actually read it. They're not asking you has it got a new MOT, and you say it says in the advert new MOT. Exactly. Has it just been serviced? What says in the advert just been serviced? Exactly. Um, no, it's a good feeling. It's like it's like they trust you as well when they're putting a deposit on a car on scene and then sending you money for a delivery. I feel that's like a real big compliment yeah. in terms of the business because sending someone 30, 40 grand for, you know, that you've not even been to see is a big, yeah. it's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah, a, huge, course, yeah. a huge thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel, uh, you know, <laughs> comfortable doing it. So it is, it, 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 it's, it's a compliment to your business as well, isn't it? When people do that. And, um, and then the, the customers that just turn up now, they're the ones where I'm like, oh, God, they're, they're not going to buy a car. They're just they're just having a little look around. Do you know what I mean? It's like like someone turned up yesterday. I mean, all on the website says, you know, viewing by appointment, blah, 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 because of COVID. This bloke turns up and he's like, yeah, I've just come round there for a mooch, just have a look and that. I went, I'm going to talk, yeah, have a little look and that. And then he's like, how much is this car? How much is that car? What mileage? I'm like, oh, just get... Get on the website and have a look. <laughs> you know. The frustrating thing with that is it's kind of it's stopping you doing what you should be doing at that time because I'm sure at that point you were either writing some adverts or yeah. doing your accounts or you were buying some stock. Yeah. It's made you stop to, to jump to that. But yeah. again, I think probably if that had happened in January, February this year, you wouldn't have been so bothered. I think since the corona stuff, we've we've certainly changed. I think that the serious buyers, we're not getting... So we used to sell loads to people that would just turn up and then just buy. We were never appointment only. We were kind of like opening hours. Yeah. But since the corona stuff, we've tried to encourage appointments, mainly so we can have the car pulled out, not blocked in by loads of others. We've not got loads of people on site at the same time. Make of it what you will, but, you know, I'm still... I, I'm 
cautious over it, uh, you know, to a degree, and, and I want to keep the staff and everyone else sort of safe and sound. Yeah. Um, if someone gets in touch to make an appointment, we can give them such a nice, easy buying experience compared yeah. to someone that just turns up and the car's locked in by five others, and then we've yeah. got to pull it out, and yeah. it's a bit dusty and stuff like that. It's yeah. kind of it's it's their own time they're wasting, but it also takes up a lot of our time or the valet has yeah. got to stop what he's doing and go and pull the car out and yeah. stuff. It's uh, yeah. difficult to manage, isn't yeah. it? And, and whoever turns up, it's always the car that's 5D. <laughs> it always <laughs> is. Ga- guaranteed. And it's the one where the batteries ran out. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no fuel in it for a test drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 It's so annoying, so... Like going back to that when people ring up and they just say, "Oh yeah, I want to put a deposit down." It's 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 a beautiful feeling. And um, like you say, you, you've ticked all the boxes on your online presence, have you, haven't you? You've done everything. Um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's a, good, that's a good way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah, definitely. So 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 now your, your favourite way to buy stock is is it online or is it is it going to the auctions? Well, obviously, well at the minute. Person for. Probably two years, maybe more. Right. I just don't have time, mate. I don't have time because I, I, I find online auctions, but oh, online buying's great. Um, I can be in, I can, I can have bids going at five, six places, and, and yeah. I think it's a really, really good way to do. It. I'm not limited to a local auction. I'm not limited to what I'm spotting in person. Um, yeah, I'll sift through all the catalogs from the relevant sales that I'm interested in, and. You know, narrow it down to what I actually want to buy. Have a couple of screens on the go with simulcasts and um, yeah. get some nice, nice bits of stock. Yeah, I think it's making use of technology and understanding the gradings from the different auction houses and yeah. understanding the reports and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I bought a few lemons in person. I bought a few lemons in in yeah. um, online. You know, on, on, online, I think online. To be honest, if you buy a lemon and you go about it the right way, you've got a little bit more recourse. To be fair, so. Yeah. yeah, it never really caused us much in the way of headache. And will you get them delivered or will you get one of your employees to go and collect I, I them? Try and, I'm, I'm, in, I'm very impatient. Um, I try and get the staff to collect them. And when we do delivery, one of the things that kind of drove free delivery was we, we used to you know, jump on a train or use one of the, the, the trucks here to go pick up our cars. So yeah. bathroom free delivery. Now, if I bought a car from, say, um, I don't know, I've got, I've got a car that's getting delivered this week um, to Devon uh, or Cornwall somewhere it's, it's about half an hour from Plymouth wherever it's getting delivered to I've got a car at Manhattan Plymouth well, I'd have been sending a driver or sending a transport company to Plymouth and coming back em- you know, going empty and coming back empty yeah, no yeah. I can do a delivery tie it in get in the car back and I'm offering a free delivery and getting my car brought back at the same time so I think yeah. it works it works pretty well yeah yeah. Def- I've done that where we had to deliver a car at Newcastle so I thought, right, let's see what's at the auction at Newcastle. And I picked up a good bargain there. So chap went, dropped it off, and then went to the auction and collected another one and, and brought it back. I think that's the ideal. Just your time, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, isn't it? Just using your time correctly. So, and um, will, will you still buy privately then, if you can? I, I had never really done that much private buying until April, May this year with with Corona. Um, I've, I've started to buy a few more. I've put a few posts out on our social media attracting certain, you know, to get basically attracting certain types of car and getting it shared on, on Owners Club Facebook pages. So uh, like, right. um, yeah. I, yeah. I think I bought a 
I did a couple of posts for, um, as an example, Golf R's and Fiesta STs. Um, yeah. They both got shared on respective owners clubs, and I got some really, really nice, like literally zero prep cars dropped off on my doorstep, um, which was which was superb. Um, done done a couple of similar things. Um, so yeah, I'm, a, I'm quite cautious with private sales, um, buying them. A, a sort of, you've not got the the indemnity, have you, of an auction that if something yeah. does go wrong yeah. or something's unearthed about the car a year down the line, you've got any combat. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's worked pretty pretty well for us. So, and what about if you're looking on Auto Trader? We have a look on there for privates as well, like or. Um, have I ever bought a fortune? I've, I've bought a couple, but not many. Um, I feel like that's almost a full-time job in itself, waiting for them yeah, to come in. And, like, I know. They go so yeah. quick, don't they? they go, yeah. Anything half decent at a good yeah. price just gets snapped up. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a way to do it that works well for, for some people, but I, I'm the same as you. I think, oh, this is taking up too much of my time. So it, it's a tough one, that. It's um, yeah, it's time consuming, really time consuming. Yeah. I do quite well buying off um, the trade to trade group on Facebook. All oh, right, right. I've never I, bought anything off there. Haven't you? Um, that's changed the game for me in terms of like a year or so back. I, oh, I don't know how long it's been going now, but maybe a year, maybe maybe longer. Um, I used to basically any part exchanges that came in. I just used to resell everything. Um, just put some of it on his spares and repairs, try and prep it. And there was stuff that I was getting to a point where my average stock profile had risen but if I was selling a 12 year old car people wanted the same experience that they were getting on a, on a 4 year old car yeah and yeah. if not you're kind of at the mercy of bad reviews negative feedback and, and whatever else and I, I, look I can't sell a I can't sell a 150,000 mile 10 year old BMW and give you the same the same level of service that yeah. I can on a you know, on a twenty thousand mile yeah. three and a half year old one, I just, I just can't. Um, and, I, and I think that I've been able to sell loads and loads of part exchange cars on there. Um, I list them accurately, honestly, and there's good profit opportunities for other traders on them. Um, and I've been able to buy some really nice bits of stock at, at good money as well. Brilliant. So, so the stock that you're buying from there is—is is that just traders that maybe have had it in stock too long? I bet it's all different. Bit of a mix. Um, because there's a few traders who are just trying to offload problem stuff um, who would happily let you up. Um, I think I've been burnt once or twice on stuff, which is which is out of all of them I've bought. It's a very low percentage. Um, there's a lot of traders on there who hate the general public and don't like selling to them, so they just trade. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, they just, you know, buy certain bits and bobs, and I've, got, I've developed a few good contacts there um, who now kind of know what my stock profile is and, and just drop me a message with any bits and bobs that were you know that are the right fit for my business and yeah. I trust them and, and they trust us to deal with them and they'll come and drop the car off and you know get payment a day or two later or I send payment before I've had the car and stuff like that There's, you know I've developed some really good contacts on there um, it's, it's worked really well and it's just um, it's just another another avenue to yeah. look getting stocked hard isn't it at the minute it's something we're constantly yeah. hearing so it's yeah. just just making it work um, in having as many different avenues and channels to get the stock as possible. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to look into that now, um, especially for the, the part X's because I've been making the same mistake where I've got a part X in. I think oh, there's a good margin in that, but it's attracting not the type of customer that we want to attract. Um, and then you're wasting your time, like say replying to emails, calls, and 
you're sometimes you're best off just getting rid of them, aren't you? Just get them gone. Or you sink a fortune into prepping it, and but it's and it's and there's still money in it, still margin in it, which is great. But it's stopped you getting your actual prime retail stock that yeah. you've gone out and, and yeah. specifically targeted for your business, yeah. getting done and getting ready and getting sold. And yeah. I think that was where we were coming up against it on some of the older cars that were just needing, you know, like they had loads of seized bolts and bits and bobs and, yeah. and because they were tired and worn, we were still trying to make them nice in our text, yeah. kind of new to do, yeah. to do the job. You yeah. know, to work to a certain standard and it was it was hard to say, well, you know, is it old and has it just got a bit of an oil weep because it's old or is it, you know, is it gushing out and leaking and, yeah. and stuff? So I'd rather just take that take that out of it, to be honest. Yeah, because it, it, in your, your heart of art, you think, no, oh, there's a good margin in that, but you, you, you don't, <laughs> yeah. like, you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's the true cost of selling it, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Because we took yeah. this, we took this uh, Citroen Picasso in, um, Partex the other week it was 500 quid and anyhow I didn't even I just, I just plonked it somewhere and this couple come to look at a, a sportage like an older sportage low mileage and uh, and they're like oh how much is that that Picasso I was like oh, it's just coming I said it's a bit of a shed you know it's got over 100,000 miles on but it's a seven seat blah 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 uh and they looked at it and they loved it. It hadn't been cleaned. It was filthy. They were like, oh, we want it. How, how much? And I thought, in my head, I thought, right, it's a bit of a shed. I've got to put a good margin just to, to fix it. So I said, oh, two, two and a half grand. So I thought, surely that two grand across that is going to leave me something. Bloody hell. It needed discs and pads all round. Something wrong with the DPF. Um, it just you name it. I must have spent like a grand on it at least, and then when you take the vat off it, it was like yeah, all waste of time. Oh yeah, it needed four tires, four tires, and you just think. But what what you you were saying there about the part X's as well? Uh, what I think you're right is like it um it it pauses it, it oh god what is it? it stunts your opportunity where if you've got your normal stuff that's a bit more expensive, you have got good opportunity of finance, haven't you? A better margin. Better part exchanges that are actually and a, yeah. and stuff like that, rather yeah. than the old, the old bangers that we just, you know, yeah. I, think, I think now as well, I think that the, the marketplace has changed and I think that, you know, the old bangers, I think you need to be quite brutal with your customers. You need to give, you know, you make yeah. sure that they're safe, but you can't fix every little thing, but you need a pitch, you know, selling up to two grand cars. You, you can't really chuck a few 1,500 quid, two grand cars in with, you know, in with 20 or 30 grand cars because yeah. the buyers don't, they, they'll, they'll have you, you know, they'll have you for it and, and they'll, they'll, you'll get a shit review. Yeah. That review doesn't say, I, I bought a two grand car from somewhere that sells loads of 50 grand sports and performance, you know, Bentleys yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it'll just say, bought a car from here, it was a death trap and, yeah. and that's what people are reading, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. But I, I do think with, with uh, reviews, if you do look at reviews, you can tell that the people that have left, m- most people that leave negative re- reviews, they're a bit crazy, aren't they? They're a little bit, they've got, you know, they're a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the jilted, aren't they? That's what it is. The jilted. Yeah, yeah. And it, it comes across really bad sometimes. And I think, I think what's good is, you know, if you can reply to it in a nice way, um, and it, it can work in your favour, can't it? 
You know, I think you can reply in a nice way. You can make them look a little bit silly and you can kind of put your point across and, and articulate it a little bit better than the customer. Yeah. It puts you in a, in a good stead. I mean, we've got two and probably 30, 245 star reviews on, on Google alone. Um, nearly all of them, there's maybe like four or five bad ones. I say there's maybe four or five. I'm pretty sure there's five and I can remember each of them by name. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't take them personally though, do I? Uh, but yeah, I've, replied, I've replied to them all. Yeah. Um, and I think probably three of them are from people who've not actually bought a car from us. It's people yeah. that tried to buy a car from us and the car sold before they got a chance while they were dithering on it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think like, you're not even a customer of ours. All you can do to that is just respond to them, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's that, it's like as well when you go on TripAdvisor and you see the, the bad reviews and someone puts a review saying food was terrible, oh, they didn't have any chips, no fish fingers, <laughs> it was all this foreign muck, do you know what I mean? It, it's it's like that, it's the same, like you say, that the, the people that do leave bad reviews. Um, I saw one on TripAdvisor for a hotel, it was a five-star hotel, Um the woman had had a fantastic two weeks. It had been great, but she scored it one star because on the day that she left, you know when you get like a late checkout room and you've yeah. got that little, you know, like a room you can use at the, at the front of a hotel yeah. to get ready. Like, um, I don't know what they call it, but it's, you know, like a little spare room, like a changing room or something yeah. like that. And um, that was a bit warm, didn't have air conditioning and she was fuming. So it absolutely ruined her entire two week holiday. <laughs> <laughs> give it one star. The holiday had been great up until that point. Oh God! Yeah, oh, my God! Imagine you bought a car off us. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's it's that that person, you know. Like, not everyone's different. Everyone's different, and like, say, it's psychological this job. And you've like, say, you remember all them horrible reviews, and you've just got. To, but like, say, it makes you stronger, doesn't it? When like now, if I mean, if I do get an horrible review next week, it will it'll be horrible. It'll feel horrible. But I'm more prepared for it. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not scared of it coming because it is going to no. come. Do you know what I mean? Like we are going to get a bad review. We are going to get a lemon. We are going to get. We're going to hit hard times. You know, um, and 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 that's life, isn't it? How you overcome all this stuff. So, but yeah, talking about crazy like well reviews and have you had any like crazy customers that like stick in your mind over the years? Yeah, there's been a few. Um... <laughs> um, I've had a couple of just real, real nasty ones as well, um, where they've kind of tried to try to screw us a bit. Um, try to do what I want to do, but the, the general public are are kind of kind of strange. I remember there was a lady that bought a car off us who who um, I think the DPF blocked up on it after after six or seven weeks on it. And I remember she just rang up, you know, literally screaming down the phone and, and shouting her head off and stuff. And it's one of those jobs where you get a few, when, when stuff goes wrong, you sometimes get a few customers that, you know, start issuing threats and, and make all sorts of claims. They're going to come down there and, and do this and that to you. Um, we had one recently where... Um, we sold the customer a car about seven months ago. This is this has happened in the last week, um, and it was um, someone someone here on the team that's of um, Chinese descent that sold him the car, and he was ringing up this this person was ringing up doing the most ridiculous Chinese accent um, since Ting Tong from Little Britain, um, <laughs> kind of like ringing up pretending to to want to book test drives and specifically requesting this person do it, which is just bizarre. Um, um, oh God! Trying to trying to 
um, trying to make all sorts of claims about you know mis-selling and getting the police in trading standards. And he reported he reported that team member to the police for selling him a faulty vehicle. Um, and 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 the, the police actually got in touch with us to ask if ask if we were being harassed by this fellow. He's like apparently well known to them in their local area. He's, he's he is literally mental. Um, and yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know who you're selling a car to, do you? At times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so he was a, he was actually a crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I, 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 know, I, I, I had um, we, we've been, been kind of screwed over by a couple of um, a couple of customers. You know that. Have, bought cars and then tried to you know send us big bills for work and stuff like that yeah have you had to go to court or anything like that um, I think we've had court proceedings issued against us twice um, one one was a one was a real horrible nasty piece of work of a customer who um, was a police officer and uh, took us to court you know no word of a lot like he, he lied throughout all of his reports he put together letters and documents that were like 30 page evidence files it was like he was bringing a, a murder yeah. prosecution to the yeah. crown court against us um eventually we got we managed to get that claim struck out at the last hour against him um by just fighting it robustly and he, he lost and, and lost a lot of face i think on that one um if we were wrong we'd have you know if we, if we were wrong we'd have paid up yeah. um but dug my heels in on that one um, and there was someone else tried taking us to court for mis-selling over claiming a car had had full history and it, it didn't and, and that eventually fizzled out when I think they try it on don't they um, they, they, they try it on I think she was trying to get up you know get get something out of us on a technicality claim that we hadn't actually sold a car with full history when we could clearly evidence it had been done um, I think they were just trying to get some money out of us to be yeah. fair and, and yeah. thinking that we'd, we'd cough up um, but if I'm if I'm wrong, I'll apologise. I'll fix it. I'll do what I need to do. I'll collect cars from anywhere in the country. If I've made a mistake or we've done something wrong, I, I will look after any one of my customers that's reasonable and polite and, and and you know is is prepared to work with us on, on things. Um, anyone that's abusive or or threatens or anything like that, I, I haven't got the time for it, and I will. You know, I'm not I'm not scared of a bit of a fight sort of, sort of thing. I will if we're you know if we're right, I'll I'll. I'll fight it. If we're wrong, we'll we won't get to that point. If that, I think, I think that's probably the best way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You've just you've just got to do the right thing, haven't you? You've got to, you've just got to well, listen to your gut, haven't you? Most of the time, and um, it's the worst part of this job, isn't it? The warranty stuff coming in, and for me, I just want to get it sorted straight away and out of my life. You know, when 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 people are bringing warranty stuff back, I just want. To move on, you you want to look forward, not back, don't you? So when warranty claims come in and like letters and stuff like that, I just look at that as if it's like a massive waste of my time. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't I need agree. I don't need to be doing it. So I just want to nip it in the bud, get it out of the way, and and that's it. But then, like you say, sometimes you've got to like like you say you've got to stick to your to your guns, haven't you? Because some people the just. Ones I hate. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, they just blatantly lie. I've had it myself. Yes. Blatantly yeah. lie. The ones I really hate with that sort of thing are when um, so a customer rings up, they've got a problem with a car. Okay, no problem. Yeah, bring it back and we'll fix it. What am I going to do without a car? Oh, <laughs> I can't no, yeah. We have to take a day off work. I can only do it on a Sunday. And I just think, oh. look, you've got a car off us. I'm trying to fix it for free. 
yeah. the problem you've got has suddenly just happened on the car. Probably 90% of other dealerships would tell you where to go. Yeah. I'm offering to fix it. All I'm asking is that you bring the car back to the place you brought it from so I can fix it for free. And I'll probably lend you a car or I'll drop it back yeah. off with you when it's done. I'll clean it. I'll make sure it's right. And they just want an argument. And they want yeah. a fight. And they want something out of you. And that just really, you know, when it takes yeah. half an hour or an hour of explaining that to them to, to get through, that, that does wind me up a lot. It's, it, I just think... You know, that's, that's the time I'm yeah. not getting back. The thing is, though, if they had to say they bought it from the Ford garage, you'd have to ring up and then they'd say, right, we've got an appointment in three weeks' time. And then you'd get there and they wouldn't give you a courtesy car or anything like that. You'd have to get someone no. to drop you no. off. So, yeah, people just don't realise. <laughs> You've bought a good car, well below the price most main dealers would have them on from an independent dealership. You know, you weren't going to be getting a like-for-like like courtesy car and you weren't going to be getting, you know, a concierge service or any of that when you yeah. bought from there, but, but let yeah. me fix it for you. And I think that yeah. that's, that's frustrating. That is that is probably something a lot of independents will feel frustrated about. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so what, what what's your favourite all-time sale? Favourite one that's stuck in your mind is there anything I know we've sold a lot of cars but is there anything what's um, I think whatever one ever had the biggest money in it that I never saw again yeah a <laughs> um, sale that I had the most money out of I guess um, yeah. and I think that when I sold a car which was the most expensive car we've ever sold as well was it like a good feeling you know when you hit a bit of a milestone and you sell you sell something that was that was far more expensive than you've ever sold sold before and it kind of allows you to to push to that next barrier yeah. where you get a confidence yeah. Uh, yeah. you know oh, I can sell cars over yeah. 30 grand but I can sell cars over 40 grand so that's the sort of stuff that I've I've enjoyed but there's no particular I can't really think of any particular one where I, I, I like them all when the money's coming in. Yeah, it, it is all in your mind, though, isn't it? Like um, thinking, oh, oh, I can't sell a twenty grand car. But I'll be honest, I haven't sold a twenty grand car yet. But I remember when I sold my first fifteen grand car, and it was right. It was dead, it was dead easy. It was like, yeah. why, why was I worrying about? Why was I thinking that I couldn't do this? And and I done it. And then I thought. Right, let's try and get a, another one as soon as I could. So that's it. A lot of the time, the newer the car, the less prep, the less you. Yeah. You know, instead of like when we used to sell Mondeos, say um, they always needed the um, you know rear suspension bushes. Yeah. They always needed yeah. springs. They always yeah. needed brake pipes. They needed loads of maintenance and, and prep. And now, if you buy a, a two or three year old car, you might want some pads, maybe some discs, maybe a tire. But there's yeah. never you know you're not replacing loads of suspension bits, so. You're selling, you know, your body works generally a bit tidier and stuff yeah. like that as well. So it's just bringing down your prep, isn't it, massively? Yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, when you've got a big margin and that VAT, and then you haven't got a lot of prep, it makes such a big difference. Where some cars, you think, all oh, right, I've got like two grand across that, but then the, <laughs> the prep is just like killing you. The VAT kills you. So yeah, there's so many different. There's no rhyme or reason, is there really, with this job? You think you've found the golden formula and then you go off down some other sort of rabbit hole, you know what I mean? It's, uh, but it, it's like it's finding what works best for you, isn't it? And whatever works well for you for a time being, you get a certain stock, you get a certain yeah. car that's like a dead cert and you're firing them, then all of a sudden the tap turns off and you've got to find something else. You've just got to constantly yeah. be adapting, you've got to constantly be changing. Yeah. Um, you've just got to constantly keep trying new ways of doing stuff and switching things up because it, yeah. it, 
job changes so quickly. It does, doesn't it? It's like, it's like we've been doing well with jukes at the minute, so like, right, get as many jukes in as we can, and, and, and like, we were doing well with, I think cash guys have been going out quite quick. So I think when you catch that wave, you've just got to, you've got to stay on it, take haven't it. you, as long as yeah, you can. take it. Definitely. Take it while you can. So, um, yeah, if you had to start again, is there, is there anything you'd, you'd do differently then, Rory, like, or? Um, you know, I think, I think it'd be hard. I think it'd be really hard. I actually think it'd be harder now to start than it was when, um, than when I first did, did start. I think it's more, I thought that a couple of times. I thought that earlier in the year, actually, when Corona was going on. I thought, oh, what happened if we lost everything? And I thought, oh, I'll probably be able to build it back up in a couple of years. I'm not, I'm not scared of that sort of failing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not averse to taking the odd risk here and there with stuff. But um, if I started again, I think I wouldn't specialise in small cars. I'd, I'd do, I'd do one of the mill family stuff. You know, I'd, well, I was going to say Vectors I don't even exist anymore, do they? But <laughs> yeah. you know, that sort of size, I'd do. I'd do mid-range, I'd do estate cars, I'd do, I'd do Skoda estates, Passat estates, I'd do Galaxies, S-Maxes, I'd do run-of-the-mill family cars, a couple of little scuffs here and there, I'd make sure they were right, I'd make sure they were mechanically good, I think I'd, I think I'd do that rather than the small cars. Yeah, 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 so, well, do you know what, if I'm being honest, only the last year has, has the penny dropped with me and small cars. Um, oh, yeah, I know it's bad, isn't it? Really, um, the fussiest customers ever. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. pinching customers ever. Yeah, they are, and it's just when you look at the margins in them, they're just so. Especially if they're great if you get them in part exchange. You no, know, if you get like yeah. I don't know, a little panda for sixty thousand, you've paid two hundred quid for it. Brilliant, but then at the auction, it's never going to be two hundred quid. It's, you've it's got to be nicking them, haven't you? That's it. Yeah, you've got to be nicking them. yeah, yeah. So. My, my formula now is like anything that's small, it's got to come in part exchange. It's it's even like I, I mean this is just me. I don't know if any of the traders find the same, but even like the sportier stuff, that's small small sporty stuff. I still struggle to get a margin out of that. What you're saying there that, that just anything that's a bit bigger, really, anything that's got a bit, um, you know, a bit of ex, some extras on stuff like that, you always seem to do well out of. Um, if it's ten a penny and it's a supermarket sort of stock, I try and avoid it because I just think there's nothing I can't do or say anything. I can't video this car. I can't present this car in a certain way, which is going to make you spend five hundred quid more on it with me than yeah, yeah, than, 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 than five hundred quid less at Arnold Park down the road. So I need I need sort of nice examples that people are prepared to travel around for. Yeah, and I think you touched on that when you did a podcast with Nick um, from Lovely Cars as well about the. Um, desirable cars with, with good spec and good options yeah um, that's that's something that's quite I, I think that's something that's that's perhaps overlooked a lot of the time so actually we'll focus too much on the guide prices and, and this and that I think it's working out what you can sell stuff for and, and, and is it a desirable car for you yeah. unfortunately until you've, until you've had a, a double that you just don't know it's all risky isn't it yeah 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 well that's the other thing with the, the small cars that they're not as risky but nothing you, nothing grows in the comfort zone, does it? You've got to get out of your comfort zone. Low risk, low reward. Yeah, yeah it's so true. So, so yeah. But um, yeah, talking about Nick and that, is it, have you had any inspirational traders you've met over the years that have like 
Right, it helps your mindset yeah. and your business. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a few dealers who I, I look up to who I think that um, like I follow on social and stuff like that. Maybe not people I know personally. Um, I think I've got a lot of respect for most people in the motor trade. I think it's a, I think it's a fucking hard job. I think there's, you know, so much time goes into it, and you know, we're all sat at home and they're still sifting through looking for the odd bargain and, and, and auctions or responding to emails at night. I've, I've only recently just stopped working seven days. I, I've genuinely worked seven days a week up until up until this year. Um, I've I've, I've always worked non-stop I don't take much holiday I probably do maybe calm down a little bit and I maybe do 60, 70 hours a week now instead of it's like the 80 to 100 hours I used to do when I was getting started but yeah. um, I think I think anyone that's developed a business and, and, and that's built a big business there's a couple of places where yeah I think um, but places that have been going for a good few years that have been doing the job right that sell nice cars and look after their staff and look after their their customers have got their you know, Maximum respect for myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm like, like, um, I remember talking, I talked to a, a trader from up in the northeast the other week, and he's been there for like, I think like 30, 40 years, something like that. And uh, he said, you know what? He said, I'm right proud of myself for like sticking at this because so many people, I've seen so many people come and go over the years. But I'm really proud of myself that I'm like still here, still doing it, still making money. Um, and he said years ago, everyone used to say the same. Oh, price! Oh, it's so expensive, so expensive at the minute. Yeah. He says what everybody says all the time, but it's it's down to you, isn't it, and what you make of it. Yeah, have you have you ever felt like throwing in the towel, David? Have you ever felt like uh, with this job? Not, well, I haven't because I can't really do anything else. So I've I'm buggered. But uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah because I've been a DJ all my life, working in nightclubs, and I'm I'm forty now. So the last thing I want to do is go back to DJing in nightclubs. Okay. And well, pretty buggered at the minute as well with coronavirus, um, and and then. I don't know, like, but what I write like about this business is you, you're buying assets and, and they're growing in value, and it, it doesn't scare me to go into another business now. You, if you know what I mean, yeah, it's given me yeah. the right mindset. If I thought to go into well, well, anything really, you, you know, um, the best thing about doing this has been that I'm not. I mean, I've only got two employees. It's not a lot, but I've got over that mental hurdle, and I feel like. At 40 years old, I feel like this is just the beginning, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like, oh, I've, I've... It's the thing with DJing, it's a bit like football. You get, like, 30 and you're like... Yeah, 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 you're, yeah you're, your ears are past it. And you're, like, in your 30s and everyone's in the club and they're all 18, 19 and you're thinking, what am I, yeah, what, what am I doing here? You know, um, so so yeah. With 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 this, it's just honestly. It, I think it's brilliant. I really do. I think it's, it's best best job in the world. Um, you know, there is a lot of negatives to it, but the positives massively outweigh the negatives without a doubt. And every year that we've done this, like we're growing the business, and um, I mean, I think it's amazing where you're at at thirty three years old. I, I think if I get a 50 and I'm where you're at now, I'll, I'll be happy. But to be fair, I'm, I'm happy now as I am. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the, the thing with like, it's just, um, I've, I've got, having enough in it. The, the other problem was with maybe car dealing, just life in general. 
you always think having more money is going to make you happier. Having more cars is going to make you happier. I don't. For me, that's not the um, the goal. The goal for me is to have enough employees to run the business whilst I'm not there. So, yeah, I, minimal I, input. That's your goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that is my goal. It's not to make millions or whatnot. It's just to have a business that runs itself, and I can maybe go and do a bit of travelling or or still dip me toe in DJing wherever. Um, and, and, and that's the thing for me definitely that's, that's the people I look up to the, the traders that have they've got a, a good business model and, and and they're not like running about doing everything you know they're not selling buying cleaning doing everything yeah I, I want to be a good management team and a good structure in place to yeah. allow you to get to that point and I'm at a point now where I'm trying to grow the structure of the business to allow me to to focus on some of the other areas of it instead of kind of working in it day to day in the nitty gritty try and be working on working on the actual business and growing it because yeah. I, I get caught up with you know at the minute we've come in and I've, I've got a to-do list and, and I just seem to be getting bombarded with phone calls and I'm selling cars and I thought you know that's great that's what I'm here to do but I don't always get the chance to market the business I don't get the chance to you know chat to some of the staff and help develop them and help grow things I'm just kind of getting bogged down with day to day and, and taking orders and selling the cars which yeah. is yeah. Yeah. But, you know a, a gift and a curse at the same time sort of thing yeah, you're working. Well, is it you're working in the business, not on the business? Yeah, that's um, it, yeah. That's how I feel sometimes with it. It's, it's very much all-consuming. And I've, I've had a change to... I've had a, a, a daughter this year. Um, oh, and that's yeah. changed things a little bit because I need to spend more time. I've, I've kind of probably always been a bit of a... I probably started off at a good age. I was single. I didn't have a, you know, didn't have a wife, didn't have kids, didn't have, didn't have any big, big commitments. And I could... I could just work on it. I wasn't. I wasn't being selfish with my time. I, I wasn't. I wasn't sort yeah. of. It, it was your time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I could focus on it without having to worry about anything else. And and the, when I when I first started this, you know, I neglected a lot of things. I neglected my health. I neglected my well-being. I've, I've, I've not, you know, I've said, said no to every family occasion. I didn't go to certain things. I didn't. I didn't, you know, go to meals. I didn't go to birthdays. I didn't do anything. I just kind of all I was focused on was the the work. I had a very very good work ethic I've had a very very good discipline in terms of doing something and getting the business off the ground and getting it to where it's at now but I think there comes a point where I need to enjoy life and I need to live a little bit as well um, oh yeah yeah but that's the that that, that that is the beauty of this this job I think is like so when your little girl goes to school or whatnot because you're running the business you, you will be able to go and pick her up from school like my kids I pick them up from school every day you know, and and the people are at the pitch, they're running it while I go and pick the kids up and whatnot. So, you know, that 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 is a, a, a plus about this. Yeah, what we're yeah. In, not, not in a nine to five where you physically can't leave unless you're on your half an hour lunch break and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You can definitely work round it, and um, I think you're at a stage as well now that you've built it up where you probably can have people run it for you. You know. I'm a bit of a control freak, I think. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't like giving it up. I, I, I'm very much, I like yeah. to be there and I find like even a half a day out or an hour out, I come back in and I'm a twat for it because I think oh, yeah. if I was there, that wouldn't have happened or I'd have done it differently. And, and, and I'm finding that bit of it hard to, yeah. see, it's my baby and I've built it up. So then when you've got to give that control to other people and do you know what, there's two or three different ways to get the same outcome, isn't there? And there's two or three different ways to sell a car as long as it sells, that's the main thing. Of course um, it is. But yeah, I just need to sort of, I need to, to learn to, um, 
know, learn to allow a little bit. I'm, I'm at a point where I need to take on a, a good salesperson instead of doing it all myself because I just can't cope with the demand at the minute, along, along yeah. with other stuff. And yeah. that's probably going to be a bit of a learning curve for me to find someone that's the right fit. But yeah. when I do, I think I'll, yeah. the business will get bigger as a result of it. So Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Say like that. I've been reading this book. It's called The 80 20 Rule. And basically, like, it's about something about like, Twenty percent of your your output creates eighty percent. I don't know profit or whatnot, and it's it's the same with like you're running around doing everything. But if you had a salesman, it would create more profit for you, wouldn't it? It would it, it, yes. free you yeah. up to to like market your business and stuff like that, which would probably bring more sales in. Which would then you know you've got your salesman there, so it's. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So if I was in your position, I'd I'd, I'd be bloody employing a, a salesman tomorrow. Without a doubt, honestly, I'd be. Well, do you know if you go on Indeed, have you have you ever employed anyone on yeah. Indeed? I've had a look at it before. I've uh, personally, for employing, I found that for the previous jobs, you know, like technicians and. Yeah. Um, the social media, like photographer guy and video guy and stuff like that, we've, we've advertised through Facebook Marketplace with good good results. Right. I've had a look at it, dude, in the past. Well, I don't know what that was, videographer, and I must have had bloody hell about a hundred replies after the first day that it went up. You know, so I think I think you do you do well on there, but each to the own and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So. Anyhow, before before I leave, I've got a couple of questions, um, just quick ones, if that's okay. So, like, what, what what's the best thing about being a car dealer? I like cars. I still like them. I like I like dealing with some of the higher end cars. I'm, I'm interested in what we do. I like I like that. Um, I'm not very well qualified. I'm not sure what else I'd do. To be fair, mate, uh, there's nothing else that'd pay me what I get paid from from running this place. Um, yeah. Yeah. That I can think I could turn my hand to uh, legitimately. Um, I don't know what I could do that would pay me this kind of money. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do well out of it, and I, and I don't know what. I'd, yeah, I don't know what's come close. Brilliant. What, what's the worst thing? Um, I feel like it's. I feel like it's very twenty four seven. I don't feel like I. I genuinely don't feel like I get a minute to, to switch off from it. Um, I think that it's very much all go 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 and that's probably of my own making because I've been quite relentless on it but I think that that's a, a difficult thing yeah yeah it's hard to switch off isn't it the world doesn't close on a Sunday the world you know there's always emails I so yeah. I'll always have a look at an email I'll, I'll, maybe if I, turn the, if I turn the phone off or yeah. I do whatever in an evening I'm, I'm still checking emails and that gets me deals it gets me results but sometimes it distracts me from the setting I'm in yeah yeah we, on a Sunday we, we have a no phone day on a Sunday so um, I bet that sounds crazy to you. Like, I bet you say, "Oh my god, I can't do that," but it, it does work. It's good. It's yeah, really nice. Just, just being away so from on, it. On Sunday recently, since Corona, we weren't getting people wanting to come out and view cars, and we switched to appointment only. I've not lost any deals. I've had a few, quite a few cars reserved yeah. online on Sundays. Um, 
just like through the website where people can put like a small deposit on it. Monday mornings have just been busy. There's a flurry of activity responding to emails. Yeah. And I've, I've started to have a day off now on a Sunday. I was yeah. trying to get someone else to cover it. I was trying to get someone else to come in, but then they were on the phone to me or I'd be, I'd be dealing with them. And I think it's easier just at the moment just to sort of switch off entirely and be closed on a Sunday. If yeah. someone's desperate for a car and they can't come any other time and they Ooh. don't want me to deliver it, they can come one of the other six exactly. days that we can't open. Exactly, exactly. They've got six other days to, to choose from. And uh, we were in... Um, Meadowall Shopping Centre, I don't know, maybe six months ago, well, probably before then, because of Corona. And anyhow, there's this toy shop, and it's shut every Sunday, and it's got this big sign on the window, and it says, sorry, we close on a Sunday, because we're all spending time with our family. And I thought, do you know what, that's so true. And this is in bloody Meadowall, where... I think that now, I think that if, if you're looking at buying a 20 or 30 grand purchase... You're probably not just doing it on a whim. I don't think you've just woken up that day. And Auto Trader's data says they haven't just woken up on that day. And <laughs> yeah. data and eBay's data. They've researched. They've put hours into it. If I say I'm closed on a Sunday, they'll either come on the Saturday, they'll come on the Monday, or they'll yeah. get it delivered. And if not, buy it from somewhere else because we're, we're you know we're plenty busy without it sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound arrogant or whatever. I think that there just needs to be a balance, and, yeah. and there needs to be a balance for my staff and for myself. Yeah. And, and do you know the other thing is you know when people I want to buy it I want to buy it I need to buy it they're always like the worst customers <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. they are like they're the ones that um, get buyers remorse because they're like the I need it I need it the ones that don't want to come in the normal hours the ones that don't want to come yeah. 9 to 5 or the ones <laughs> yeah. that want to do a 7 o'clock viewing they don't fucking buy a car they you don't, don't buy it in a car it's so true it's so true can I come at 7 o'clock I'm at work and I just say no. I'm sorry, you, you, you can't. You can't because then it is two ways, doesn't it? You say, do you want to put hundred quid on it to reserve it, and I'll stay for you. And then they go, oh no, I want to see it first. And I think, well, I'll fucking come in the normal hours. Then. <laughs> yeah. They say, um, well, they say, oh no, I can't do that. But I see you say no. Well, you got to come at half four then. And they suddenly, oh, I'll get, I'll finish work early and they'll come. They're, yeah. They're just not valuing your time. And I think exactly. you've kind of got to take a bit of control over your customers as well and, and make sure they kind of do things the way yeah. you want them to. Yeah, I think it goes in your favour if you say, yeah. you know, like, you know, we shut up, well, say we shut at five, but, you know, you're going to need to get here for our four at the very latest. And, and you know, 90% of people are absolutely fine with it. So, but the other thing is, you know, yeah. when you do with them late deals, like if you haven't had anything to eat or it's you know it's past when you've had your tea you're getting a bit hangry it's just not a nice atmosphere for everyone buying a car at that time of day I think I think it's horrible where if they come in the morning everyone's had a good kip they've had the breakfast they're all feeling you know excited but on a night if they're looking at a car or collecting it I personally think it's a bit it's a bit more stressful um, I, I agree. I think that it's, um, I don't know, it's just getting people to work and do, being prepared, isn't it? Getting yeah, that's to, it. Getting things done that's what you it. want. So what, what uh, app or programme can't you live without? Um, what app can't I live without? Um, spec check. All right. Oh, I haven't got that. <laughs> uh, I like a bit of spec check. Um, I buy a lot of well-spec cars and, I don't know, let's just say, you look at a Mercedes, um, a Mercedes with 10, 12 grand worth of options. Um, yeah. You know, compared to a Mercedes with, say, yeah. no options. Yeah. Um, 
they might, you know, there might be a, like a grand difference between them at the auction, what they sell for, yes. but the desirability to the real world, irrespective of what auto trader or anyone else says about it, yeah. um, is, is vast. So I think checking the spec, knowing the spec, and knowing yeah. that. So, yeah, so, so that that's when when you see a car online and it's going like two grand over book, could be a good yeah, chance it's yeah, got a good yeah, bit of spec exactly. on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, so if you could just leave us with your your favourite quote, please, Rory. I don't have a specific quote that I, that I live by, but I think that I think that, I think that it's very important. I just think you can't. You can't put a price on hard work, and, and there's no shortcut. There's no cheat code. There's no easy way to to get into into this job. You've just got to put the graft in and get on with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like tomorrow's. I, I, I'm not a fan of just saying, "Oh, tomorrow, I'll leave it till tomorrow." Or, well, that'll do. That. Get get shit done. Kind of get get shit done. Yeah. And get it. Yeah. Get it moving, and, and I think that's a good way to grow the business. So no no big fancy quotes or anything like that, but. Um, just to have get, get shit done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get shit done. That's it. Get shit done. I like that. Because the, the the thing is, like, there's no like, there's no magic formula, is it? There? There's no like quick uh, way to make money. You've just got to put the graft in, haven't you? You've just got to grind it out, I suppose. We touched before upon dealers who I look up to and who who I think have done well, and, and I do. I do a bit of background research on places that have been going a few years and, and places where, you know, I think oh, I'd like to be like them in five or six years. I would like to be in a position, you know, that, that they're in. Every single one of them is a grafter and they work hard. Yeah. And I think that in any business, I've, I've read quite a lot of business books and things and from big companies. The common, the common thing, people that are successful tend to just work really hard. They've got a lot of self-discipline yeah. and they get up every day and they get shit done. They, they get on with it. Um, too many people kind of want a bit of me time or a holiday or they, you know they want to take loads of time for themselves and I think that that's yeah. great you know but there's, that's not the way to grow, grow no. a business to a big to a big level no no definitely definitely especially if you're getting like I don't know you, you know say you get gifted I don't know 50 grand I suppose like these uh, bounce back loans you've got yeah. to make it work for yourself haven't you yeah it's yeah. it's um it's not like, oh, I've just got 50 grand, brilliant, let's just go and spend it on whatever. Like, you've got to really make that work. That That's when the hard work starts, isn't it, really? I want to look in yeah, 10 years' yeah. time and think, because like, we, we took a, a, a bounce-back loan. I want to look in 10 years and think, bloody hell, that really helped me get to where I am now. You know, that was yeah. the, the seed. I agree, and I think that one of the things that, like I've said, when I've been on car dealer forums and stuff in the past, I think I've always used the word momentum. Once you start getting a bit of momentum, and you get, you know, whether you're making 500 quid a deal or yeah. whatever, you've, you've all, we've all got to start somewhere. And I think once you start getting a bit of momentum, and you can you can get that you can get that force rolling, you can be going from 500 quid to 600 quid to a grand, to seeing a couple of grand margins out of cars. But you just need to keep it moving. You need yeah. to keep momentum. You need to keep money coming in and out. Yeah. So it's better to be getting 500 quid a car than nothing instead of hanging out for three grand margins. You need to be getting little and often. You need to be growing. You need to be moving quickly. And that's how you grow and that's how you make success yeah. out of the business. And then the rest of it follows. Like these days now, we used to work to smaller margins. Now we get good healthy margins or what I would deem healthy. Month, monthly, some of the finance commissions I get every month are 
uh, the stuff of you know beyond belief of what I ever thought was possible you yeah. know, five or six years ago. I, I get some really really good you know good months in terms of profitability from finance and stuff like that. But it's all from, from laying the foundations and doing it right to start with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was it keep the cash flow going to keep your to keep your cash flow going to keep your business growing that's what it is yeah 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 and um yeah do you know what you saw like just 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 going from like a 15 car auto trader package to like a 25 like even though you are paying a lot more money it keeps your money going round quicker doesn't it and you can't sell it if they don't know it's there. You can't. Yeah. You can't have, you know, they don't know your cars there. No one's seen them. Um, yeah. yeah. An auto trader. Well, that's a topic for another day. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. We need about another ten hours for that. So, <laughs> so, Enit Rory, thank you so much for coming on the uh, podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I don't, are you on like social media or anything if anyone wants to find you or message uh, you? RS Car Sales Cheshire on on the Facebook page, and we're. Um, RS Car Sales on Instagram. Um, yeah, we've kind of used both social channels quite a bit. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. All the best. All the best. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, mate.